Edition of Let Me Tell You Something as myself, Lorcan Mullen, and my co host Simon Cross continue our 2019 Meltzer five star project of watching every match that Dave Meltzer has rated five stars or higher that we can watch and talking about them incessantly until you never want to watch another wrestling match of high quality again. <laughs> okay, Simon, where are we this time? We've just had a really long, 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 deep philosophical discussion. Let's try and make this a relatively bite sized junior heavyweight sized snack discussion what are we doing we are at the final of the best of the super junior tournament in 1997 uh, and we are looking at one man who we have very um notorious well not notoriously we had a very um controversial slash style conversation about our samurai going against a man we've not uh, talked about before koji kanimoto yes Hopefully I pronounced that right. The last of the four traditional Tiger Mask wrestlers to have been involved in a five-star match, although the only one to have not achieved one under his Tiger Mask guise. Oh, okay. Uh, Koji Kanemoto was the third version of ah. Tiger Mask between Masawa, when Masawa was the Tiger Mask from about 84 to 1990, and before the current fourth version of Tiger Mask, who... Has held that now for about, oh, I don't know, a long time. Uh, <laughs> he, he appeared, he, he was obviously at his Young Lions period of the ni- early 90s. He debuted in 1990. Uh, then he turned into Tiger Mask 3 in March of 92. Then he lost a mask versus mask match to Jushin Liger at the ni- January 4th, 1994 Tokyo Dome match, where he then reinvented himself as this sort of semi-shoot fighter inspired look of submissions and strike based attacking and and wrestling as opposed to what a lot of junior heavyweights would be which would be the high flying style and what we're at right now is one of the hottest periods for junior heavyweight wrestling in new japan specifically because they're not even having to rely on outsiders anymore they have six homegrown talents that are really leading the junior heavyweight division. They're no longer bringing in your your, your Chris Benoit's and your Dean Malenko's and, and so on for anything really other than the best super juniors. Mm. Because the junior heavyweight division at that point was defined by sort of a six-man feud between Jushin Liger, El Samurai, his previous long-time rival, bitter rival that we covered in the, the previous five-star match, and Kendo Kashin, against uh, uh, the heelish trio of Kanemoto, Shinjiro Otani, and Tatsuhito Takaiwa. And that's really where the ideological battle lines fell at this stage. And they would take part in multiple six-man, four-man tag team matches and also try to... Otani, Kanemoto, and Takaiwa would constantly try to claim the junior heavyweight title from Jushin Liger. So what this final is, essentially, is the number one guy of one side facing off against the number two guy of the other side. So El Samurai is a little bit of a surprise to have in the final, really. You were expecting Jushin Liger, but instead yeah. you get El Samurai. 
And it's a pretty loaded um, tournament at this stage. At this stage, you've got Kanemoto, Liger, Takaiwa, uh, Otani, and El Samurai. Kendoka Shin's not involved, so maybe he was injured at that point. Uh, you can also see in the uh, ringside area, as is tradition with these um, New Japan tournament finals, where the other participants will be stood around or kneeling around ringside watching the final. Uh, Chris Jericho is there. Is he? Yes. He came third in his group behind Samurai and Otani. And also taking part in the tournament were the um, guy that we saw previously from Michinoku Pro, Gran Naniwa. The crab walking man. Wee. Uh Dr. Wagner Jr., one of the greats of Lucha Libre, uh, and also a real star in the junior heavyweight division at this time. He would reach the final in 98 and would go on to form tag teams with a few of them and win the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team titles. So he was really the, 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 the I suppose, the Gaijin mainstay of that period of time. And also, two, uh, also. A British pairing of the Lu- the Liverpool lads, or whatever they were called, of Doc Dean and Robbie Brookside. Wee. Another Lucha Libre and Scorpio Jr., a Japanese wrestler called Hanzo Nakajima, who I think was WAR, I might be wrong there. And two other youngsters, just really early into their careers, of Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Big Japan Pro Wrestling's Yoshihiro Tajiri. Wee. Gotta love me some Tajiri. Mm. And so this was the grand final. So this was like junior heavyweight is really... New Japan was dominating this. And they have been throughout the 90s. Whilst all Japan's heavyweight scene was really where the best matches were being held, arguably. For the heavyweights. In the junior heavyweight division, it was New Japan all the way. And it's funny as well. You see that New Japan philosophical style in this match. Where the start is always a lot more technical. Yeah. A lot slower. A lot more map based. Whereas all Japan kind of fairly quickly on go into the strikes and the big moves. Mm. In in New Japan, they really build to it. Yeah. And it's very much a battle of arm versus leg. Yes. Uh, samurai attacking um, the arm. Um, Kanimoto attacking the leg. And attacking with full-on dickishness. Oh, yeah. He hates... It's like he hates the knee more than he hates the rest of El Samurai. But he hates the rest of El Samurai quite a lot, it seems. Oh, yes. Kanemoto no def- is a great dick heel throughout this whole match. Yeah. He, um... <clears throat> and he's just really... Uh, you're right, straight from Jump Street, he's just trying to find any uh, opportunity he can just to apply that leg lock. Even when he's escaping um, the moves of El Samurai, it's to immediately transition into going on the offensive. There's no gap. There's no, like... Wasted motion, so to speak. Mm. Early doors. Yeah, yeah. Early on, he goes for the knees. And, um, yeah, I just... I, I love Kanemoto's work throughout this match. Uh, doing like doing the hard strikes, but also getting the character across. He flips off Samurai at one point. Yeah. He's, he's, he's cocky. I think because, you know, he is taking on the number two. The way I would put it is like if your star striker's missing from the big cup final and you've got a hope that the second choice striker who usually comes in as a sub is able to get the job done. You know, yeah. obvious example recently being uh, Spurs when they were in the Champions League semi-final and didn't have Harry Kane. Mm. And instead had to rely on a guy whose name has just for whatever reason escaped my head. 
Uh, Lucas Moura. Lucas well, Moura got yeah. the hat-trick, yeah. Who then got screwed over in the Champions League final, but let's not talk about that. <sighs> yeah, no, that was... Oh, that was a turgid. That was a very turgid uh, slog to get through. Unlike this match. No. Uh, to go back to this. Um, so El Samurai immediately sort of has sympathy on your side because he is the underdog going in. Like I said, it's yeah. number one from one side against number two from the other side. Although I'm sure there are some that would argue that Otani was the true number one. Like uh, Shinjiro Otani, you've got to check out some of his stuff when he was a junior heavyweight around this time. He was so awesome. Uh, also, another fun thing about the Kanemoto Otani Takaiwa, they they kind of kept the young lions look really like Kanemoto is essentially in black trunks, black boots. The yeah. only sort of like thing that's different to the new, the young lion look is that he has like his name on the trunk, uh, like just in lettering on the side, and is he's got kick pads of like a, a shoot style like UWF um, MMA fighter. Yes, um, I do like. I like that though when they don't change things too much. Sometimes, sometimes that's that accentuates them more. You know what I mean. So this match is often cited as, until recently, probably maybe the best, best of the Super Juniors final of all time, and maybe one of the best. Like after the Super J Cup '94, getting your hands on a tape of the '97 Best of the Super Juniors was another key tape you had to try and get your hands on. I remember I did, and then was really annoyed because they sort of gave matches from the group stages, including Tajiri uh, getting a shock win over Otani. Yeah. But then uh, the final was just a few highlighted photos, and you know, ah. it was a very frustrating thing to see at the end of the tape. Um, oh, that's got to suck. <laughs> but yeah, I think one of the reasons they have that is because this is so emotionally involving, and 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 of course, Samurai. He's such a great underdog babyface throughout this whole match, getting his bursts of moves in as the match yeah. goes on. Like, he's being a bit overwhelmed by Animoto, and he has been weakened severely with his leg. And so when he hits some moves, like, he does a tope and, uh, uh, yeah, he does a vertical suplex on Animoto to the outside, followed with a two tope. Yeah. It's like, it's like kind of like Manami Toyota against Asha Kong in a way. It's like, this is my chance, I've got to get it quickly. But then when they go into the ring, Kanemoto immediately hits him with a, an overhead belly-to-belly suplex and gets him in a heel hook. Yeah. So he's constantly cutting off Samurai's um, uh, attacks. Yeah, it's like um, a high press in football. He's just smothering him. Yeah. Anytime he, he tries to like get anything going. And then he gets him in a figure-four leg lock and literally starts celebrating when he's got it locked in. <laughs> yeah, like he's such really a dick to, thing to he's, do. He's not only trying to break Samurai down physically; he's trying to break him down mentally as well. Yeah, uh, trying to just stop like, like kick, like, like flipping off, verbally abusing him during the whole match. Yeah, if he breaks the spirit, it'll be easier to break the man. Mm. And it gets, then it gets to the point where Kanemoto hit a uh, ripped. Ma- uh, his mask off pretty much entirely, which is yeah. a callback to that '92 Best of the Super Juniors final. Where Liger yes. does the same to him, yeah. and after Samurai did it to Liger, tried to do it to Liger first. Mm-hmm. So there's that hatred there, but now it now it feels more in a babyface heel dynamic, and it's and it's and there's a back and forth to it that didn't really feel like it was there with the Liger Samurai match. To me. Yeah, and what I like about this mask removal is they don't do that over the top lucha clutch at face thing. Mm. 
he's just still getting on with it, even though it's a lot more of a cravat than a mask at this point. And he, and he also uses that to then have really wild facial expressions. Like when he does look to the crowd and he's got a moment, it is like really emotionally involving. Mm. Like he might have taken away his identity, but he's going to fight on regardless. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's because it's stripped back at this point. It's just mm. two men trying to get the better of each other. Like all the other stuff, in the heat of the moment falls to the wayside including uh being a man behind a mask i'm just a man trying to beat another man yeah but samurai does take an incredible beating throughout a lot of this match and then he gets hit with a move that i think this was really what was the re this match i think is what i point to people using this move subsequent to that as often as they can to the point that i said in the previous episode that it's one of my least favorite moves for people to do which is what was called the poison frankensteiner it's now more often referred to as the reverse Hurricane Rana because it looks like, I don't know if it did happen, but it looks like when Kanemoto does this to Samurai off the top rope that Samurai lands on his head. Yeah. It, I know what you mean. It did look particularly like yeah, wince-inducing. One of the most brutal-looking moves in wrestling ever at that stage. I remember yeah. that being like a visual I saw and that there was referenced a lot in the early days of like my reading up on the internet wrestling, like this was one of the matches that it seemed like, you know, watch this match, if only for this move, the Poison Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kanemoto has contempt, and also Kanemoto's arrogance, I think, is ultimately his undoing. Yes. Um, because he will, like, um, but yeah, Samurai has a great moment where he, um, uh, he, he goes for a moonsault, and Samurai gets the knees up, Hits him with yeah, two which power is straight bombs. after the um, Spike Rana, yeah, yeah, yeah. as I, I term it. Um, but he does seem to take a bit of time getting yeah. to the top rope. And yeah. you had just spiked a guy on his head. You could have pinned him there. And when Samurai's going for a win, he's desperately trying to get it like whilst he has that opening. Whereas yes. Kanemoto does take his time. He's reveling. Yeah. It. So when Samurai gets up, he hits him with two power bombs and then immediately puts him in a cross arm breaker and the crowd explodes. Like Also, the, I remember the, one, of the things, like, one of the issues I had with the Liga Samurai match was how uninvolved the crowd seemed. Whereas in this one, and I think it's in the same arena, I believe it is. It's still in Sumo Hall. Yeah. In this one, the crowd is just 100% into it. Well, I think, yeah, I think they take the crowd with them. The, one of the problems I had with the 92 match uh, was just, it just seemed like a procession of moves more yeah. than a match. This really didn't feel like that at all. This, yeah. this just felt like a visceral... It drew a parallel at points in my head with some of the stuff the UWF was trying to do, but it just had more of a, um, uh, it's a phrase I use a lot. So those who have it on the bingo sheet can take it off now, but this match took, swept me up with it a lot more than the stuff in the UWF did. I suppose the one that you would compare it to is the early one that we had, where it was Muto and Koshinaka's pro wrestling against Takada and, uh, Maeda's mm. shoot style. Yes. Yeah, because both of them are out-and-out shoot fighters. Mm. Um, and you do see elements of... Obviously, a shoot fighter would never use a spike rod in a UFC match unless he was in a very, very weird and uh, out-there position. Um, conversely, um, right, obviously, the way Al Samurai targets the um, arm is very different to the way he was flip-flop and flying around the ring in 1992. Mm. Uh, in the final. Yeah, there's like... like There's one dive to the outside. There's a couple of top rope moves. But they're as often cut and stopped as they are effective. 
Yes. It is more map-based than you might expect from a junior heavyweight match, but that's also New Japan's philosophy is more map... Well, I don't know if that's not that's not entirely true. I take that back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kanemoto then follows El Samurai as Samurai goes up to the top to try and finish him off, uh, and then hits him with a power slam off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Follows that with a moonsault, but then like refuses to pin him. Yeah, he just picks him up straight away, and the crowd go wild when he yeah, does that. Yeah, so there is that sense of if he... Because the moonsault was one of his finishers. So if he'd pinned him in that moment, he would have probably won the match. Yeah. So then he waits, holds him up in a tiger suplex. Samurai is able to escape it. So Kanemoto goes for a corkscrew senton. He misses it, doesn't he? He misses it. And Samurai, again, in that moment, he gets him with a top rope reverse DDT. I think he's going for a reverse brain buster that doesn't quite work it sort of turns into a release suplex yeah so that's kind of a botch but not really well he just does another one doesn't he? so he just follows it up immediately with a second reverse brain buster and pins him yeah and then liger gives him an emergency backup mask yeah liger the way liger covers his like face straight away it's so crazy as well, given how much they hated each other in that match five years previous. If yeah. nothing else that we had as an issue with that match, we got the sense that these two hated each other. Mm. Um, with this one, Liger is his main cheerleader. Like, yeah. really wildly gesticulating from ringside. Whereas Kanemoto's being cheered on by Takaiwa and Otani. I do love of a man who's got so his face covered in such an like ornate style. It still a man it manages to convey facial expressions. It's such a unique. Well, not not facial expressions, but emotion. Yeah, that's 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 more. That's probably a better term for it. But you can tell even like on his face, you can tell sometimes when there's like pain and elation mainly because he's using the rest of his body to emote. But you sort of can read beyond the mask, and it gives you like. It opens up a little bit of relatability to him. Liger is constantly working. Like, yeah. like you know, when we watch the Pegasus-Sasuke match, he's there at ringside and, and doing his bit to the story to yes. help it along, even though he's a very minor supporting player in it. Whereas Chris Jericho is obviously, maybe he's not as emotionally involved, like it's not one of his allies taking part in it. Mm. But, you know, he's just observing so yeah, maybe maybe that's what Jericho's job was supposed to be. Maybe Liger's job was supposed to get up and and cheer on Samurai and get the crowd who may not be as emotionally invested in Samurai as they are in Liger. Yeah. To to transfer that onto Samurai. To be a conduit. Hmm. Yeah. So you seem to like this match, Simon, to the point that I'm not sure what your answer will be to this. Does this match get five stars from you? It. Does wow! I I I really like this. I think um, not to disparage one of the competitors over the other. I think the I I, I really love the work of Kanemoto in this match. Um, quite to the point where I'd quite like to see more of Kanemoto. Um, well, there's a there's a new Japan world out there for you to look yeah. at. He's a very popular figure. Like he's seen as one of the great, probably the second best junior heavyweight after Liger in how he's mm. presented, and you know. And he was in plenty yeah. of best of Super Gen- Junior tournament finals after this. Yeah. I think whilst, whilst Liger has more IWGP Junior titles, I think Kanemoto has a fair few more best of the Super Juniors final appearances. Yeah. He, he's just a really good wrestler. And Al Samurai was really good. No, just, it's just really good. Kanemoto um, is also the most successful junior heavyweight to ever take part in a G1 Climax. He was able to reach uh, the semi-finals. Oh, okay. In the mid-noughts, I think. I think it was like 2006. And this was him as a junior weight, but like he hadn't declared. 
um, open he, weight or never, anything like that. He never, he never moved up to heavyweight, did Kanemoto. Yeah. So that was all the more impressive. Uh, uh, no, it's just I, I recommend people go out and watch this match. It's really, really good. I am not quite, but you know, I don't rate matches other than five stars or more. But just, I think you can take it in my inflection. Yeah, where you're at with where it. Where I'm at with it. Mm. I don't like. That's fair enough. Things. It's just not quite there because I just think, like I said, I think it needs to be sacred. But um, it's it, like if, if I list them from best to worst, it's definitely a lot close to all the other five star matches than you know, especially compared to Samurai's recent previous match. Oh you know? yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying Samurai redeemed himself. Because I imagine he doesn't give two tosses, what we think. Yeah. But if you're going to watch one El Samurai five-star match, make it this it's one. It's this one. Um, it should be this. Yeah. It's as close as I get to five stars without giving five stars. So, <clears throat> there we are. That's all I'll say. But if, Simon, people want to get in touch with you and congratulate you on turning a new leaf with New Japan res- uh, Junior Heavyweight Wrestling... How can they do so? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the quarters of this match that involved a leg lock or a armbar. My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A-N, as in the A-N you see several times in the word Hurricane Rana. That's my Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. Twitter handles, if you put an at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Buy my book, Confessions of a Smart Wrestling Fan, as an ebook on Amazon. Uh, you just need to get a Kindle app on your phone or just any kind of ebook reader on your phone, and then it's readily available to you. Our next match, Simon, that we will be covering is a return to the world of all Japan pro wrestling, and it's involving the two men whose previous singles match to be given five stars is currently. We don't know yet what, whether it's been... What the future holds. But it's currently our number one match overall. And it's once again Mitsuhara Masawa defending his Triple Crown Championship against his eternal rival, Toshiaki Kawada. So that's something for us to look forward to. It's it? it's weird that I'm nervous for a match. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Because this, we hold... The, their previous singles yeah. outing in such high regard. Yeah, yeah they were. They weren't. They, they're not fighting as much of an uphill battle to impress us compared to what El Samurai was doing, given his previous yeah. with us. It's like it's the um. Well, it's not the only way is down, but I, yeah. What I, I don't. I don't want to put too much of a preconception on it, but mm. I. I wouldn't be human if I didn't have a natural expectation going into this. What's noticeable, sir? I will also say is that, like in our last. Now, the last three episodes, at least one of us given five stars to each of the matches. Mm. And we, when you look at the early days, we didn't give that many five stars out, really, until no. like 10, 12 matches. Like, the gaps between our personal five stars are becoming smaller and smaller. Is that because it's the wrestling that we're recognizing more prevalent, or is wrestling improving, or what? Or shall we I cross think... that bridge at a later date? I think we should cross that bridge at a later date. Uh, I'd love to know. Bingo. Yeah. I'd love to know. um, Again, I would just love to see if Dave thinks like what he sees is more recognizable. I I think Dave would give this match five stars. Yes, I think he still would. Yeah. But we'll have to maybe one day corner him and make him answer questions. Find him in a dark alley somewhere. <laughs> anyway, 
But until then, there's nothing left to say now except my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time.